Hello, and welcome to the First Baptist Hanford podcast. Our primary mission at FBH is to love God, love people, and serve the world. We hope that this weekly podcast will encourage you in your daily walk with Christ as we play for you our most recent sermon audio. Let's have a listen. All right, so now what I want you to do, we need a little audience participation here. This is a formal poll. It's not formal at all. Uh, I want you to just raise your hand if family made that list anywhere. Family make that. Someone's hand shot up real fast. Like, no shame. Like, it was her. Okay, good. That's okay. Maybe some of you was like Christmas party. Any Christmas parties up there cause you the most stress in your life? Yeah, a couple of you. I saw someone raise their hand twice. Maybe family and Christmas party intertwined. We'll see. Uh, Okay, good, good. What about just simply like work? Like work has been the most stressful thing in my life for, okay, good, good. And the rest of you are like, what's stress? I don't know, I don't even, kids. No, uh, yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> There's a couple, good. The holidays are crazy. Let me tell you about, about my holidays. And, and, and let me back up before uh, we get any further. My name's Peter. Uh, I'm the senior pastor here at First Baptist Hanford. We're just excited to have you with us tonight uh, celebrating Christmas Eve. Uh, but let me tell you about my Christmas so far and what I'm walking into. So we have a, a big family. Uh, and by we, I mean my wife and her side that I have been lovingly adopted into. Um, and uh, the, the 21st, actually, is when our Christmas began with the Fry Side Christmas Party. Um, and so we went there after, uh, uh, or that was the night before uh, the 22nd. So we went there. We were there until about almost 10 o'clock, actually. This was really late for me on a Saturday night. And then uh, came straight to church the next morning on the 22nd, did a Christmas message on the 22nd. And then after that, we had a kind of packed up our stuff, and a couple hours later, we headed to my mom's house, and so my mom lives up in Merced, and so we made that trek, um, and uh, so we drove up there, and we were there from uh, dinner time on the 22nd until this afternoon at about 12.30, um, and so we got home, and we threw all the kids into the bath or shower, um, and scrubbed them all, and put nice clothes on them, and then we came here. Uh, from here, we got this service, we got another one, and then we're going to do some family stuff over at our house afterwards. Um, and then we'll do our family, my immediate family, Christmas tomorrow morning. And then we have another thing tomorrow night with our extended family before we have a third Christmas on the morning of the 26th with the rest of our family, which at that point, it begins to slow down. And I'm thankful for that. But can anyone relate to that? Just, man, this is crazy. Like, we are, my whole family right here, they're like, yeah, we're doing the exact same thing. It's crazy, right? It, get, it just gets nuts. And so I don't know what it is in the midst of your holiday season, but maybe you can relate. Even before I left my mom's house today at 12.15 in the afternoon, I gave her a hug. I said, I love you. I said, thank you uh, for all of the things that she did for us. Merry Christmas. Um, and I hugged her and she said to me, I still have to make dinner right? Like that just seems to be what happens so oftentimes at Christmas. It just seems to be like this endless stream of things going on in this season, and life can get chaotic. 
and life can get stressful. And sometimes, oftentimes, those stresses seem to be magnified during the Christmas season, season, because there's just so much stuff swirling around us. That even at, like during those times, we can lose hope and honestly start to place our trust in places where we should know better, where we all need something to grasp onto that we can so that we can stay hopeful, so we can stay joyful, so we can stay faithful. And tonight we're finishing off this season where we simply get to behold. Now, a lot of you have been trekking with us through our, uh, our four weeks in this Behold series, and, and really what we've been looking at is the Old Testament prophecies of Christ. So Christ's birth, his death, his resurrection, that sort of thing. So all of these different readings that you'll hear tonight, you've heard too. You got one more coming. Um, all of those different things are prophecies of the birth of Christ. And so that's largely what we've been tearing into, but we're basing ourselves with the word behold. And behold, it's, uh, it's kind of a weird word. We don't use it much anymore. But our working definition for the series of behold is it, it, it behold God with us. We'll get to that in a second, but we're going we're gonna to define that. And we need to go back to the book of Isaiah first to discuss why it is so important and why we are so excited for God to be with us. And so back in the book of Isaiah, it says this, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. All of Christianity, all of Christianity rests upon the foundation of this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7, which was written 700 years before Christ comes onto the scene. Now, God meant for this sign to be earth-shaking. He meant for this sign to be such a sign that when it was actually fulfilled in history, men would stand back and say, I saw God do it. It is something only God could do. The sign of Emmanuel, God with us, is the coming of the child of a virgin. That sign was fulfilled in the person of Christ. And so to fast forward then into what we would call the birth narrative, it says this. It says, God sent Gabriel to Mary and said, Behold, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be, will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, his kingdom will never end. So now that we've rooted ourselves in the Old Testament and now the birth narrative, our working definition of behold is simply to see or observe something remarkable. To see or observe something remarkable. Yeah, I remember when I was about five or six years old. Think back for me to the Christmas, your Christmas, when you were five or six years old. Probably one of your most magical Christmases. Okay, if you're five or six in here, it doesn't get any better than this. Okay, like you have peaked as far as Christmas time is concerned. Until you turn into the mom who's cuddled up on the couch with a little cup of coffee, sipping it and watching all of her kids open their presents. Then it gets better. Okay? And it always is just as surprising to dads, right? Because dads were sitting on the couch, they're like, hey, yeah, we, cool, man. I didn't even know we got you that, right? And so, 
But think back. Now, for me, I was five or six. It was Christmas time, and I remember thinking to myself, it is time for me to get a big kid bike. It is time. I had an older brother, and so he had a big kid bike, and it was time for me to, to do the same thing. You know, the training wheels needed to go away. It was time for me to get a real, real fast bike. And so I remember talking to my mom and dad about it. I remember saying, hey, mom, dad, I, I really want a big kid bike. And that's how you know it's legit because you call it a big kid bike, right? And so I want a big kid bike. I, and we went and saw Santa. I asked Santa for a big kid bike. I mean, I was going to cover all of my bases at this point, right? So I asked Santa for a big kid bike. And then on Christmas Eve, we would always go to my grandparents' house when we were younger. And all of the grandkids would line up at the foot of the bed. And that's where we would sleep. And so uh, it was probably like 8.30, 9 o'clock, whatever it is. And we'd get ushered in there and we all lay down. And, and as soon as the lights get turned off and the last kisses are given from mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and all that stuff, um, and they're like, okay, no more talking. It's time to go to sleep. Then we all start talking, right? And, and the question was asked every single year, what do you want for Christmas? What is it that you want for Christmas? And I distinctly remember this time, my cousin Danae asked me the question. She said, Peter, what do you want for Christmas? And I told him, I was like, I have this big kid bike that I want. It's going to be really, really fast, like no training wheels. Like I'm going to be able to dust my brother, right? Like all of those things. And I remember then uh, the conversation shut down. We fell asleep and I was so excited, like knots in my stomach excited right? And so I finally doze off, and uh, I wake up a few hours later to my grandpa snoring, and I look at the clock, and I was like, no, not time yet. So I fell back asleep, and I woke up a few hours later, and it still wasn't time yet. Then I fell back asleep, and then I woke up to my brother shaking me, telling me, hey, it's time to get up, right? And so I get up, and like every good parent does, you don't allow the kids to go into the living room until the parents have brushed their teeth and have their coffee ready to go, and so all the kids were lined up in the hallway with our, our uncle uh, standing at the end, not allowing anyone to go through. And so finally, the last adult had had uh, or, or poured their coffee and they were sitting on the couch with their massive camcorder, right? The big ones with the backpack tape, VHS tape that plugged in right there. And so finally we got out. We got let out and we walked out and I distinctly remember seeing the bike. And it was beautiful. That was the bike. See, some of you thought I was making this up. That was the bike. I actually, as I was preparing for this, I meant to get that photo. And about a half hour before I realized I hadn't gotten and I texted my brother. I was like, Mike, you've got to find this photo for me right now. They won't believe me otherwise. But I remember before getting on the bike, because I think... Like, I don't know why I didn't get on the bike. I, I, I looked at, at the bike and I walked around the bike and it was just beautiful. I mean, it was black and white. I mean, it said BMX, so you know it's good. It's not a good brand. It just says BMX. I'm sure my parents like found it. Um, just kidding. But I remember thinking, I have arrived with this bike. I've completely and totally arrived at it. But before, I, like I said, I just walked around it. And I remember thinking to myself, it doesn't get any better than this. It just doesn't get any better than this. All of my anticipation, everything that I had waited for, everything that I had talked to my mom about, talked to Santa about, talked to my cousins about, waited in the hallway for, I turned the corner and there it was. And it was beautiful. 
and it doesn't get any better. And so when I think to myself about what it means to simply stop and behold, stop and just take something in, something that you've been anticipating for so long, behold, I thought about that bike and I thought, man, it doesn't get any better than that. It's exactly what we have going on here with the Jewish people. They have been waiting for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for Christ to make his arrival on the scene. They have read the book. They've read the prophecy. They've talked about the prophecy. They have been waiting and anticipating and waiting and anticipating. And finally, the day came. And behold, God with us. And the funny thing about all this is, is we're in here and we nod our heads, we pray and we sing some songs and we do the Christmas thing. We check off the list and we'll go and do whatever it is that you're going to do after this. And we'll, for the most part, agree with what I said tonight. But we'll probably forget to stop and behold. Stop and recognize that this wasn't just a promise made to the Jewish people. This is a promise made to the entire world. That behold, God is with us. And so amid all the shopping, amid all the craziness, the the stresses of the season, we need to recognize that God is with us. We need to take a deep breath and remember why it is that we do all of this craziness. There's something amazing that we're talking about is God incarnate. The season is a remarkable one, and even as we think back to that remarkable story in the Gospel of Luke, we recognize this is a remarkable season. So regardless of where you find yourself tonight or tomorrow morning, the rest of Christmas break, my challenge to you is at some point that I would love for you to sit and behold the wonder of Christ who came to us and not simply to come and stay as a baby, but that we, res- we, we observe how remarkable a prophecy is over 700 years before the Virgin Mary gave birth to the Son. That we observe how God sent His Son to be in and among us. That we observe how remarkable it is that even when the craziness of our lives get us frustrated or get us overwhelmed, God is still God. That we can observe how remarkable our all-powerful God is, that we can observe how God blesses our lives over and over again. You see, when we observe, we behold something. We behold something. We take pause and notice it. The rest of the world keeps going, and we simply get to pause and observe something remarkable. We all need something to grasp onto in this season. And some of us try to grasp on the family and hold it as tightly as we can. And others try to grasp onto tradition and hold it as tightly as we can. Other of us try to grasp onto parties or pleasing people or whatever it may be and try to hold on to that as tight as we can to get our validation. But the reality is, is Christ came as a baby, the beginning of the Easter story, to fulfill a prophecy that was over 700 years old and we simply get to sit and behold, 
God with us. Behold, God with us. I want to invite the band to come back out. We're going to have a few more songs, and we're going to pray as we do that. So bow with me. Heavenly Father, I, uh, man, I love Christmas Eve. I love Christmas time. I love the craziness of it. And God, I just pray that even in the midst of the craziness that you would continue to move in my heart, work in my heart, soften my heart to be able to simply behold, to sit in the craziness and stop for a second and just sit and be okay with sitting and recognizing why it is we are doing what we are doing, why it is we are celebrating what we are celebrating, that it's not about family. That's a great it's a great extra thrown on top. But it's not about family and it's not about the presence that we get or the presence that we give even. It's not about any of those things, Father. It's simply about the fact that we get to come and we get to recognize who you are. We get to recognize what you did on our behalf. We get to recognize that you as our sovereign, all-powerful God, 700 years before you would send your son, you told us that. You said, hey, the virgin will bear a son. And then hundreds of years later, your word came to fruition in a world that had been waiting and waiting and waiting with anticipation growing and growing and growing, Father. Behold, God with us, your Son. Father, I am so thankful for you sending your son on our behalf as the beginning of the Easter story where you didn't send your son simply to come and die or come and stay as a baby, but you sent your son to come and die and repair mankind and our relationship to you forever. That that's why you came. That's why we celebrate Christmas is because it was broken. Your world was broken. Your world continues to be broken, but you have provided a path to us through your son. Father, thank you for that. And I pray that in this season, we would simply behold. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FBH podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this week's sermon. Music was by the band Broke for Free, And if you would like more information about our church, feel free to check out fbhanford.org. That's fbhanford.org. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.